Right. <clears throat> well, this morning we're going to continue in a short series we started uh, titled Race, Justice, and the Gospel. And so we've, um, before we finished up the book of Hebrews, which we're going to finish up here in the near future, uh, Hebrews 13, uh, we, we started a short series called Race, Justice, and the Gospel an effort to speak to some of the pressing issues that we're seeing within our nation right now in response to some of the African Americans who've been killed uh, by police officers recently, and, and then the emphasis on racism um, that has resurfaced or been brought to light once again in our country. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to address that. We're going to talk about gospel reconciliation and how the gospel specifically addresses this issue of racism that has resurfaced over and over again. It's been something throughout history within the heart of humanity um, that, that has existed a long, for a long, long time. It's not an isolated issue um, here in America. It's something that uh, we've seen throughout history uh, because of the the ungodliness and wickedness of the human heart uh, people have struggled with. Um, several years ago, maybe four or five years ago, my wife and I, well, no, it was maybe eight years ago, my wife and I moved into a new neighborhood, and we were welcomed by this sweet lady who was, or was, she was very sweet to us. She brought us the cake, and she was giving us the scoop on the whole, the neighborhood. She was telling us about everybody, and we were listening, I was listening, and as she was sharing about folks in the neighborhood, it started to feel a little gossipy. And then she was telling us about uh, this black family that lived uh, near us and a uh, neighbor. And, um, and she began to say, black people are just different. And she, she said that several times. Black people are just different. It was kind of condescending in, in the way that I heard it condescending. And I just felt really awkward in that moment. I was like, I was wanting to change the subject. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to listen to any gossip, and I don't want to listen to any what I was perceiving as racism in that moment. And and I was reminded of the reality that racism isn't just an issue of the past, but it's something that's still present and active, working in, in human hearts today. And this lady sang, was a church-going lady and sang in the choir at, at the church that she attended. And so racism isn't just an issue that's outside of the church, that's been an issue outside of the church. It's still an issue for folks, church-going folks, okay? And, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ dismantles the power and the strongholds of racism within the hearts of individuals. It tears down the walls of, of hatred and malice and pride and prejudice and racism. And here at City Church Garland, we aim to be a gospel-centered people. A people who know and believe and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and allow the good news of Jesus Christ to do its deep work in our hearts, dismantling those barriers of racism. You know, even within the last uh, 100 years, we've seen all kinds of terrible, um, terrible tragedies and, and deaths that have resulted 
um, that have stemmed from racism, like the Holocaust in Germany or the Armenian genocide in Turkey in 1915 with over a million deaths, the Soviet Gulag, the massacres in Rwanda in 1994, the Japanese slaughter of six million Chinese, Indonesians, Koreans, Filipinos. And, and so throughout history, we've seen this as an issue where lives have been taken, where, where those who have been made in the image of God, the human race, who those who have been made in the image of God have been devalued and their lives have been devalued and their rights have been taken away from them. And the Apostle Paul gives us this nugget of gospel truth in Ephesians for us to address this issue of racism within the hearts of individuals. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. And Father, as we do open up the scriptures to look at this issue, would you speak to our hearts? Would you dismantle God pride and prejudice within the hearts of your people? May we be a humble people, a loving people. May we be those who cultivate honor amongst us and honor towards all people who've been made in your image. Convict us, God, where we still have partiality, pride and prejudice lingering in our hearts and in our lives. And lead us in the way everlasting. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. The Apostle Paul said, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the circumcision by what is called the, 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 the uncircumcision. I'm sorry. Therefore remember... At one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the circumcision by what is called the circum- the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus. You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man. In place of the two, so making peace. And he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. For he, became, for he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the, chief, being the cornerstone, 
in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now there is a lot here to try to unpack. And I probably won't be able to do it all today, but I'm going to emphasize a few things here within this text. And here's our big idea. Namely, that the gospel of Jesus Christ reconciles us to God and to one another, and it tears down the barriers of racism among ethnic groups. The gospel of Jesus Christ reconciles us to God and to one another, and it tears down the barriers of racism among ethnic groups. Okay? Now, the first little section here in verse 11 and 12, notice what the Apostle Paul calls the a Gentile Christians to look back and remember. He calls them to look back and remember their old status that was characterized by separation or segregation. Okay, they were separated. Jews and Gentiles had this this um, deep hostility amongst them. The, these these barriers of of race and culture where where they. The Jews stayed away from the Gentiles. And there was deep racism and separation and segregation. And, and in the Old Testament, God even told the Israelites to, uh, to practice holiness, to abstain from the, 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 the many of the practices of the Gentiles, worshiping their gods and doing some of the sinful practices that they did. But many, many Jews ended up becoming like, like Pharisees. And in, in, in their holiness, pride and prejudice and, and, and the separation between the two. And there was this animosity between the two. There was this hostility between the two. And the Apostle Paul calls the Gentile Christians to remember that they were once the uncircumcision. They were once those who were separated. They were once those they were separated from Christ. They didn't have a Messiah, the Messiah, Jesus. They didn't have the hope of a Messiah. They were separated from, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. They were strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. That sounds pretty bleak. That sounds pretty depressing and despair. Their, their old status was one of being separated from Messiah, Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise. Okay, God made covenants with with Abraham. God made a covenant, and He said, "Through you, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth." God had this plan to bring blessing to the nations through Abraham's descendants, the Jewish people. Okay, God had this plan. God uh, had a covenant with David, and a covenant with Noah, and a covenant with, with Moses. Uh, and then Jesus came, and he established this new covenant. And praise God, because I think all of us in here are Gentiles, and we were excluded before. Okay, they're, 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 they're Jew, Gentiles are everybody else besides the Jews, right? Every other ethnicity. And Paul describes the Gentiles as those without hope, without God. And then Jesus came on the scene, and he brought hope. Amen. 
Jesus came on the scene and he showed us what God was like. He came as God in the flesh, Emmanuel, and he dwelt among us. All right? And, and he, he shared, as I, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, he, he spoke with the Samaritan woman at the well. When, when Jews didn't have conversations and interactions with Samaritans, there was hostility between the two. Jesus went across that cultural boundary and engaged in a conversation and changed that woman's life. Okay? And so this was the old status of the, the Gentiles. It was one of separation, one that was characterized by separation, alienation, one that was with despair, and one that was without God. And so Paul says, remember that. This is what it was like before. But now, verse 13, I love, I love these, these buts in the Bible. But now, in Christ, you, you who were once far off, you who were once separated, you who were once alienated, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. You've been brought near. Instead of being distant and dirty, you've been brought near. And you've been cleansed through the blood of Jesus, as he says in other places. Having made us both one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, abolishing the law of commandments. So there's this new status that's characterized by reconciliation for the Gentile Christians. God has taken the Jews and the Gentiles and he's made this one new community. Through the death of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has torn down the barriers, the walls of separation that divided Jew and Gentile. Now even in the temple, there was a separation. There was a place in the temple that the Gentiles could not go. There was the, the, they could stay in the outer courts, but they couldn't go to the inner courts. There was, they, they were restricted. And there was an inscription on, on, uh, on the wall there. Um, I forgot exactly what it said, but it basically said something like, "Enter if, if, you, if a Gentile enters past here, you uh, do so at the risk of your own life. Something along those lines. And so there was this separation, this, this dividing wall that Jesus tore down. And now he, we have become, all of us, Jew and Gentile, we've become the dwelling place for God. We don't have to go to Jerusalem, to the temple there. We are now the temple of God. We get the presence of God. We get access into fellowship and communion with Almighty God. Jesus has leveled the playing field, so to speak. Jesus has made us one. He's reconciled us first. To God, because we were enemies of God, Romans 5, right? And, and, and we deserved wrath and judgment because of our sin. And Jesus took our place as the old uh, Christmas hymn, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Hark the Herald says, God and sinners reconcile. He's reconciled God and sinners. God the Father and sinners have been restored in relationship. And we have found peace with God, Romans 5.1, through faith in Christ. Okay? And out of the overflow of that reconciliation with God, we've been made right with God. We've also been reconciled with one, of no, one, with one another, Jew and Gentile. Ethnicities are united together as one 
family in Christ Jesus. And God loves, God loves the diversity within the family, the beauty of the diversity. And here at City Church, that's one of our values, unified diversity. We celebrate that here. We embrace that here. And this is a gospel issue. You see, the gospel addresses the issue of racism and that separates us, the animosity between ethnicities, and tears down that hostility, that dividing wall, and it brings us together in Christ. Amen? And so notice some of the, the elements of that new status that the Gentile Christians now get to enjoy. They've been brought near, no longer distant, and you guys got to stay away separated, but you've been brought near, no longer alienated. Now we have peace instead of hostility, peace with one another, because we are, we are forgiven and redeemed and saved by the same grace and the same blood of Jesus Christ, and we've been brought into the family. There's this oneness now that we get to enjoy. He's made one community, one family. There's this oneness. And Jesus, this flows from the heart of God. Jesus prayed for this. In John 17, before he went to the cross, he prayed that his followers would be one. He prayed that they would be one, like him and the Father are, the one, are one, so that the world would believe that the Father sent him. This is the heart of God for his people to be united in one family across all our different backgrounds and ethnicities. In heaven, there will be every tribe and every tongue worshiping around the throne. Revelation 5 tells us that. Every tribe and tongue, those who've been redeemed and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, will be around the throne, worshiping God, giving praise to God. And so if you don't like diversity, then you may not like heaven. Alright? And, 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 and those of us who've been brought into the family of God, we should learn to celebrate it, get used to it, because the kingdom of God has lots of different colors and flavors. Within the with every tribe and every tongue is what I'm talking about, and I love that it, 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 how the, the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ unites us together, brings us together as one, reconciles us both to God and to one another. It, the gospel of Jesus Christ deals with the sin in our hearts and our lives, so that we can relate to God. In, 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 in an unbroken relationship, so that we can relate to one another in an unbroken relationship. We can forgive one another because Christ has forgiven us. Amen? So, great illustration I heard from Tony Evans was on this is about mayonnaise. How many of y'all love some mayonnaise on your sandwich? I love some mayonnaise on my sandwich. I gotta have a lot of mayonnaise or mustard. I like flavor in my food and on my sandwich. Okay? Now, now mayonnaise is made of some substances, some ingredients that don't go together very well if it's missing one. Okay? Particularly oil and vinegar. 
Okay. Now y'all know oil and water doesn't don't mix well, right? There's a picture up there. There's there's oil and vinegar up there. They don't don't mix well. You, if you if you pour uh, vinegar in in a, in a thing of oil, they they just it kind of moves around like a little bubble, right? Okay. So so there needs to be another ingredient that brings the vinegar and brings the oil together, and that's egg yolks, eggs, eggs. Are, are that ingredient that when it's put into the mix with the oil and the vinegar, it brings it together to unite it to help make this yummy sauce we call mayonnaise. And the process is called emulsification. Emulsification. Okay? And so the egg yolk helps emulsify the, the, the oil and the vinegar so that we can enjoy some yummy mayonnaise. Now, we have, in Christ Jesus, an ingredient of emulsification, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you and me, for our sins, deals with the hostility that we've had between us and God and between us and one another. And it washes away our sin, and it brings peace to relationships, to broken relationships that sin has destroyed. Sin destroys relationships. But Christ came to redeem us and restore us and to right relationship with Him and with one another through His blood shed on the cross. And when we believe the gospel, we hear and believe the gospel and we apply it to our own hearts and lives. It deals with those barriers of racism and hostility and animosity that we have towards others. Changes our hearts from the inside out. out. The Apostle John says this is an overarching mark of those who've been redeemed. Those who've been born again. They have love for one another. Love for those who've been brought into the family regardless of social status, class, or race, the gospel of Jesus Christ reaches across those barriers. Amen? So we need some emulsification with the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to do its work in our hearts so that we can relate in a healthy way and apply it to our lives. Amen? And, and I must say that this is, for many, this is a process. Now, now the, the, the unity and the oneness has already been purchased, and it's already there, it's already provided. But you and I have to walk it out. We have to live it out, just like our salvation. It's already there, we have it, we possess it, it's ours, we're saved. But we've got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We've got we to apply the gospel of Jesus Christ to our lives and live like we really believe it. And one of the ways that we live like we really believe it is we have reconciled relationships with others. Amen? So he goes on to explain in verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. We have access now. We can all go to the Father and notice the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit here. The Trinitarian uh, element here that the Apostle Paul highlights. We've got the Spirit. 
We've got the Father, we've got the Son, Christ, who's died for us. And so we're no longer strangers or aliens. Gentiles are no longer strangers or aliens. We're no longer to, to walk around like second class citizens. Okay? Because the kingdom of God, again, lowers and levels the, the, the playing field. And we all become one. We all get to, whether Jew or Gentile, we get to experience the same status before God as children of God. Amen? And fellow citizens, we become fellows, verse 19, fellow citizens with the saints. Okay, this, this implies we become a part of the kingdom of God. Not just citizens of the United States. We are citizens of heaven now. And what a joy it is to, to have our citizenship in heaven. Okay? To have the citizenship in the kingdom of God. What a joy it is. And not only that, but we're members of the household of God. We've been brought into the family. We have a place at the Father's table. Because of what Christ has done. Christ being the, the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is built and joined together. So we not only have access and citizenship and member, are we mem- not, we're not only members now of the household, but we're also a holy temple. We're a dwelling place for God. We, we get to experience God's presence, Jew and Gentile both. We get to know him and walk with him. Daryl Bach says this, he says, The new institution, the church, does not dissolve ethnic distinctions, but displays reconciliation. With every believer equally qualified to share in the benefits of salvation, peace that emerged from the uniting of Jews and Gentiles into a new and living community. Amen. Now Paul called this a mystery. Okay, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul called this a mystery. Notice this in Ephesians 3, verse 3. He says, How the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and the other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And here's the mystery. This mystery is that the Gentiles, fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise of Christ through the gospel. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. We've become fellow heirs, members of the same body, Jew and Gentile. The gospel tears down the barriers of racism. Amen? Now, Paul in chapter 4 of Ephesians, he exhorts the Ephesians to maintain this unity that's already there, that's already been provided. We don't create this unity. Christ has already established this oneness. He's made us one. And, and we're, you know, one of the things I love about Going to other countries and visiting other Christians. I, like when I went to India, I went to India twice. 
And I got some great opportunities to do ministry there in India. And I've gone to South America, a couple different places in South America. And, and I love that when I go there and I meet other Christians, because they're Christians and I'm a Christian, there's this, there's this connection that, that's already there because we're believers. There's this trust that, that's, that's already there because we're Christians. And there's this affection and this care and this love that we have. Because we're Christians, right? Because we're a part of the same family. God's created this oneness through the gospel, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And then he tells us why here. He says, there's one body, there's one spirit, just as you were called, with one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Notice all the oneness there. One, one, one. One Father, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so Paul exhorts the Ephesian Christians to maintain that, to walk, to walk in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. By being humble and patient, gentle, bearing with one another in love, and, and being eager to maintain that unity that's already been provided for us in Christ. We've been made one in the body of Christ. We belong to one another. We're members of one another. This is a gospel issue. This is what Christ has accomplished through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is what we are to live out by applying the gospel of Jesus Christ to our lives. Now the Apostle Peter in, in the book of Galatians was confronted by the Apostle Paul for not keeping in step with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter, <clears throat> Peter had a vision now remember, here, here Peter was in, the, in a process with this. Okay, Peter had to have his paradigm shift, shifted. Okay, and, and Jesus had to give him a vision. He had to give him a vision of these animals, these unclean animals, according to the the the, the Old Testament. And and Jesus told him, "Rise, kill, and eat." Peter, okay, these unclean animals. And Peter's like, "Lord, I've never had anything unclean touch my lips. I'm not going to eat that." And Jesus says in, in Acts chapter 10, don't call what I've made clean unclean. And he was referring to the Gentiles and, and, and what God was doing in bringing the Gentiles into the family. God had this plan for the nations, for his family, for his kingdom to be filled with every tribe and every tongue. Jesus told it, he commissioned his followers in Acts chapter 1. He said, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Why? Because they would go testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and those, those people to the ends of the earth would come to know and believe the gospel and become a part of the family of God through believing, right? And so Peter has this vision that, that Jesus gives him to, to try to, to lead him into... Um, uh, reaching across the, the, the barriers of ethnicity. But, but then we see later on in Galatians, after um, 
After God was moving and, and, and the Gentiles had already been included, the Holy Spirit had already been given to the Gentiles, they were coming to faith. Paul, Paul confronts Peter because Peter was one, he was eating with the Gentiles. He was kicking it with them. All right. And, and you know, when you're, when you're, when you're a Jew and you're eating with Gentiles, there's going to be some unkosher food. All right. There's going to be some, you know, chicken feet, you know, or there's going to be some, uh, some shrimp or some, uh, uh, some crawfish or catfish or whatever. You know, there's going to be some food in there that's, that's unkosher. Um, and so Paul or Peter was, was hanging out with them, but then Peter's homeboys, the conservative Jewish Christians from Jerusalem showed up and Peter was like, yeah, I don't think I can eat this stuff. I don't think I can hang with you guys anymore with this. He, he, he separated himself out of fear, out of fear of, of what his conservative Jewish Christian friends were going to say. And Paul saw it. And Paul saw this as an issue, a gospel issue of Peter not keeping in step with the gospel, not applying the gospel in this particular circumstance. Amen. And so this is what he said. And Paul wrote in Galatians 2, he said, verse 11, he said, but Cephas came to Antioch and I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and he separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. Notice that fear of man. Fear of man. If, if we're going to crop, if we're going to tear down these barriers in our life and, and, and develop a united, a diverse, united community, then we need to overcome the fear of man. We, we need to we need to die to what people think about us. Like Paul said in, in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We need to die to some worldly things. Okay, so, so Peter, this is what Peter, it said, he says to Peter, he said, he separated himself, fearing the circumcision party, and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Encouraging Barnabas, that brother that everybody loves and he loves everybody, and he's the encourager. Just the grace of God was on even Barnabas, a godly man, was, was, was even led astray by this hypocrisy. But Paul called it out. He called it for what it was. It wasn't in step with the gospel. In verse 14, but when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So Paul called him out on it. This, this is the problem, Peter. Okay, This, this isn't going to work. And, and, and the Apostle Paul had to uh, write, he had to unleash a lot of ink to address some of the cultural issues that came up between Jew and Gentile within the church. Because you've got folks that have some different backgrounds, different cultures, all right, bringing all, all that, that paradigm shift of, of where, what you were brought up in and bringing it to the table and, and unite it together. You're there together, right? But God's made us one, the same body. God's not against diversity. I, I, again, he loves the beauty of, that, of his creation, of his people, and the, the distinctions. 
that, 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 that he, the, the uniqueness of each of us that we bring to the table. The giftings. God's given each of us different giftings. Alright, we have different giftings within the body of Christ. There's diversity within the body of Christ, but there's one body. We're all members within the body. It's, uh, what's the, uh, there's a book called The Same Kind of Different as Me. That addresses that issue. I like that. I like that phrase there. And so we value unified diversity here. This is a gospel issue that we address pride, prejudice, racism in our hearts and in our lives. And we call it out when we see it. That we address it when we see it in our culture, in our community. We're not going to we're not going to merely tolerate others. We're going to love and embrace one another. Amen. And we're not going to merely be anti-racist. We're going to be those who celebrate and embrace diversity and unity because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now this, for many, this this is a part of the sanctification process for us. Learning to love people. Learning to love people that, that, that may see things a little different than you. Or say things a little different, or whatever, that have different backgrounds. Okay? But we're, we're, God made us all in His image. And then if we're Christians, we're all part of the same Christian family. Amen? Amen. And so we value this unified diversity. This is on our website here. We embrace and honor diversity in our church. Heaven is and will be a place of diversity with people from every ethnic group. There are core truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ that unite us when um, that, re- that unite us, which we refuse to compromise. There are also secondary issues and preferences in which we we give one another the freedom to believe differently without judging or breaking fellowship. There are secondary issues that folks can defer on within the body of Christ. Okay, but there's there's central gospel issues that we're not going to budge on. We're saved by grace through faith. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, we're, uh, <clears throat> those are some, some basic things. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to budge on these things here. But we're going to unite around the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, when we become a gospel-centered people, it's going to cultivate, it's going to, to lead to unified diversity. It's going to lead the kingdom of God. When we become a, a, a gospel-centered people, a kingdom-focused people, we will reflect much diversity and much unity all at the same time. That's right. That's true. And it will baffle the, the outsiders, the world, who look in and they see, they see, how do these folks get along? You know, it's sad, it's sad Martin Luther King said it, it said, and it's still true today, that Sunday mornings are the most segregated time of the week. That's sad that that was true in the 60s, and that's true now. Okay? Because there's this tendency to gravitate towards sameness. Alright? To, to be around people who look like you, who are in the same stage of life as you. And, and, and <clears throat> the church should be those who lead and embracing and celebrating diversity. Now, even in our culture, though, this is, this is a politically correct thing. It's attractive right now in our culture 
to be diverse and politically correct. And as a church, we don't do it. We don't pursue that because the culture uh, affirms it right now. You know, uh, we do it because the Bible affirms it, because it's a kingdom thing. It's a gospel issue. Amen. And so in application, a couple things. Allow the gospel of grace to develop humility in your heart towards others. This is key if we're going to embrace oneness. We need the gospel of grace to develop humility within our hearts. In verse, uh, we started in Ephesians 2 verse 11. But just a couple verses before that, in Ephesians 2 8, it says that we're, you're, for you have been saved by grace through faith. Not of your, your works, lest any man should boast. You see... Whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, the only way that you're going to be saved is through the grace of Jesus Christ. By the grace of Jesus Christ, through faith. Whether you're a religious person or a non-religious person, a heathen, you're only going to be saved by grace through faith. And so you have nothing to boast about. How, how awesome you are or how awesome you think you are. How good you think you've been, or how how godly of a heritage you come from? You got a godly upbringing where you can't ride your mom and dad's coattails into heaven. You need to know Jesus yourself. You need to know the grace of Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and receive the gift of salvation by grace through faith yourself. You can't you can't look to mom and dad to give that to you. Or your grandparents to give that to you. And so we have nothing to boast in when it comes to our salvation except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, God forbid that I should boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. Amen. Sure. You see, pride is one of the greatest barriers for, for, um, uh, that, that separates ethnic groups. There it is. Pride. And, and humility that, that the gospel develops in our hearts. When we've been saved by grace, we've come humbly, as humble as a child, recognizing we're bringing nothing to the table. We need God. He doesn't need us. And we're coming for grace that he's given out freely. We come humbly. We need to stay there in that place of humility. Yeah. Yeah. And have that humility towards others, recognizing they need that grace just as much. That's right. You, you need that grace. They need that grace. Let's be humble and let's, let's glory in the one who gave us that grace. Amen. Our Amen. Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? And so let's allow the gospel grace to develop humility in our heart. This will lead to unity within the body of Christ. Philippians chapter 2. Have this mindset that Jesus had. This will, he had this mindset of a humble servant. And he, he put others... He, he, Put others before himself. He laid down his life for others. Obey the Father. If we, if we live with that kind of mindset, it would cultivate unity amongst the diversity that we're experiencing. Amen? That's true. It will, it will help all, all relationships flourish if you have humility towards others. But it, it comes from us knowing the grace of Jesus. Knowing that you and I are only who we are by the grace of Jesus. And when we fail, 
We lean on the, the grace of Jesus. And when we succeed and things are going well for us, we lean on the grace of Jesus. We go back to Ephesians chapter 1. All these blessings and benefits and riches of God's grace that have been lavished down upon us in Christ Jesus. That God decided even before we were born that we would experience in Christ Jesus. So we got nothing to boast about. Because before we even had the ability to do anything good or bad, God said, I'm going to give grace to this, my son and daughter here. So cultivate honor in your relationships with people of other ethnic groups. Honor is another issue here that I think um, dishonor is, is something that, that, that strengthens that barrier between ethnic groups. When we dishonor, disrespect, devalue, when we don't show honor to other folks. And that, that should, this, this should, here at City Church, it's, we, we want to cultivate a culture of honor amongst us. Families, husbands and wives, cultivate honor. Parents and children, and even parents towards their children, we, cult, we cultivate honor. You know, we're, we're not going to be little. We're not going to make little comments that, that, that actually dishonor folks. It may be funny. You know, oftentimes we, we say little things, joking, and we say, I was just kidding. And it was disrespectful, dishonoring to a person around us. Those things... Create, they build the barriers between us. And if we're going to tear down those barriers that separate us, we need to, to cultivate honor. And lastly, be intentional about developing relationships with people of other ethnicities, especially in the body of Christ. Okay? So when you see folks that, are, uh, that, that have a different background than you, a different ethnicity than you, move towards them. Get to know them. Be curious. Ask questions. Celebrate. Enjoy. Embrace the beautiful aspects of, of the, the, the heritage that they bring to the table, to the family. The family of God is beautiful. We're diverse and we're united. Amen. And so let's be a people who allow the gospel of grace to develop humility within us towards one another. Cultivate honor and be intentional about reaching across those ethnic barriers. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, you are the God of all grace, and you have shown us much grace in Christ Jesus. And in a world where there is judgment and condemnation abounding, Malice and hatred and racism abounding. May we as your people be different. As the salt of the earth, the light of the world, may we model unified diversity, racial harmony. May we model the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And would you search our hearts and reveal any hurtful way in us. Sin is so subtle and so deceiving. And we pray that you would lead us away from it. Lead us into your will. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the, the plans of the enemy. 
to separate, to divide, to destroy, to get us to bite and devour one another, to dishonor one another. May we as a church grow in our oneness, in our harmony, in our unity together, putting the spotlight on you who's brought us into the same family by grace. May we marvel at your grace. And though we were once outsiders, outcasts, dead, children of wrath, you have made us alive. You've redeemed. You've reconciled us. You've brought us near into your family. We say thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Man, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift up the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace.